0: the bad boy of ufology with special guest rich giordano episode 40 of the michigan ufo sightings and paranormal encounters podcast
1: welcome to the michigan ufo sightings and paranormal encounters podcast Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin, I'm Michelle
0: and I'm Wayne
1: and we are Michigan-based husband and wife educator and podcasting duo that after having a UFO sighting in March of 2018, have started to examine UFOs and other paranormal topics within Michigan and beyond.
0: Topics include UFOs, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, ghosts, alternative history and archaeology cryptids, and all things strange and paranormal. So sit back, grab a drink, and come along with us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Unfortunately, I'm going to be flying solo tonight as Michelle is out with a pretty nasty cold and not feeling so well. So this will be a short introduction to our special guest tonight who is Rich Giordano from Gufan? But first, before we do that, let's talk about where you can find us. Of course, you can find us over on YouTube. Just search us out by typing in Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. It's all one word. Or you can find the link to our location in the show notes. Also, if you have a story you would like to tell, we would like to talk to you. You can reach out to us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a brief summary of your experience and we will contact you to discuss things further and try to get you or your story on the podcast. Once again, that email is mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to check out our Patreon page if you would like to support the podcast there. It is patreon.com forward slash M-I-U-F-O-S-P-E-P where you can sign up. We can't wait to give you a shout out for all of your support. And once again, speaking of Patreons, we need to give a shout out to our new Patreon, Ed S, for supporting the podcast. And we also need to give a shout out to Hava H for her support. Thank you very much. And it is with people like you that help support the podcast. We couldn't do what we do. So thank you very much. Speaking of support, let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors right here in our hometown, New Boston Coney and Grill.
1: Traveling near New Boston, Michigan, hungry. Well then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill tucked away at 37005 here on River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine in or carry out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page including their menu on Facebook, Bon
0: Appetit. All right, with Michelle being out on this episode, there's not going to be a news section this time, though there is a lot that needs to be talked about, but we'll get to that in the next episode. But for now, let's go ahead and hear a little bit about Mr. Rich Giordano. Goofon means Giordano's UFO network. You can listen to Goofon only on YouTube. The show is hosted by Rich Giordano. As a boots-on-the-ground UFO paranormal researcher since 2004 and a radio personality since 2006, Rich has pioneered the most original podcast ufology has ever enjoyed. The show is based off of Rich's own experiences in this field, exposing the charlatans as well as teaching debunking techniques on videos as well as body language techniques for those storytellers. Goof on is a show that is constantly mutating a serious show with a slice of comedy from a host who leaves it all on the table. Goof on is very different from every other paranormal podcast because the style is original. This show runs solely from the mind of rich Giordano with over 18 years and over 21,000 hours of hunting UFOs. Rich knows every trick and has made every mistake. If someone is lying or hoaxing their UFO video, Rich will figure it out 98% of the time. The truth hurts the liars, and that's a good thing. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Rich Giordano from GUFON. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are joined right now by our very special guest. The stars and planets have aligned and we finally got him on. Rich Giordano from on Rich, thanks for joining us, man. Man, thanks for having me
2: and uh finally, yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate it. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I hope so. We got uh, a <laughs> Just you and I tonight, I guess it's guys night out as Michelle is feeling under the weather for this one. So we'll try not to get too crazy because I know she's somewhere here in the house and she can throw things pretty good and hit me if uh, if that's the case. So (laughs) let's get it on then. All right. So first of all, can you tell us and our audience a little bit about your background and what made you decide to get into UFOs and the paranormal?
2: Oh, well, you know, you hear this story a lot. It happened by accident, which it did. Now, my whole life, I've been into UFOs. Ever since I was five years old, when I saw one with my dad, at least that's what everybody in the neighborhood came out and saw. And I believe it was 1977 when we had a huge blackout on the the northeast, on the whole side of the United States. You know, it was a huge blackout, and UFOs were seen that night. And I remember my dad we were taking out the trash and we saw neighbors looking and looking up and we're like, what are you doing? He's like, Hey, you see that up there? And we're like, Oh yeah, it was a little tiny red dot. And my father was, you know, trying to take pictures of it. I remember with this Kodak camera and uh, they never came out. It was, I remember then you got it developed. we are going to get a UFO. We got proof. Richie it never came out. <laughs> um, so throughout my life, you know, I, I you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, In Search of, uh, National Geographic, and all these shows that came out. I know National Geographic is more of a planetary thing, but all these types of shows kind of piqued my interest in things that are unusual and that don't make sense or are paranormal. And the more and more I watched these Space 1999 and Battlestar Galactica shows, I believed that stuff was going to happen by the year 2000, like we all did, especially in the early 80s, late 70s. So fast forward all the way, you know, up until I was 34 years old, 2004, April 15th. I bought a dog, took the dog outside for a walk at 10 o'clock at night with my wife, I got the dog for her. We sat down on the chase lounge, lounges and looked up and she noticed it first. And we saw a couple of lights, which looked like satellites, but they went left, right. And then, uh, you know, up and down, I guess you could say, or, or North, South, and then West and East. And I said, that can't be satellites. And she's like, yeah, it must've been, it had to be either that, or it was, uh, you know, a plane doing stunts. And I'm like, I don't know. It's 10 o'clock at night. So the next night I went out and I went out by myself because my wife was going to bed and I saw the same thing in the general same part of the sky, but it did a whole different thing. It just went, it went, I don't know, I, I guess if you were to measure it and hold your hands out, it went probably like two feet north and then it came halfway back and then it disappeared. And, and I went out at the same time. So that night, I went online and I looked up UFOs over Phoenix to see if anybody reported it, if anybody else saw it. And I found this website, UFOsoverPhoenix.com. I met this guy, Jeff Willis, who runs that website. We became friends. And he told me how I need to get this camera, certain camera, da 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 and start recording stuff in the daytime. Well, a couple of months goes by, and June 29th, I believe it was, I captured my first uh, triangular shaped uh, formation of lights right over uh, right over my house, and watched it park over these mountains called the McDowell Mountains, and then slowly disappear. Yeah, it was pretty wild stuff. So. I started seeing things that other people couldn't see because I had incredible vision at the time too. I just happened in April. uh, I mean, in uh, February earlier that year, my wife got me Lasik surgery for my eyes. I couldn't even read that big E on the eye chart. And now my vision was 2015. It was better than normal. And it stayed that way for a long time. And what did I do? I kept sky watching and seeing things and, and making great observations to, to things that nobody else could see. And it couldn't have happened at, a, at any other time in my life either. If it would have happened a year earlier, I wouldn't be here. If it happened a year later, I wouldn't be here. Everything happened when it was supposed to. And I always think I was being uh, like not trained or bred or whatever, but pushed in this direction. And what I'm doing now is something I've always wanted to do, is to talk to people on a microphone. I always wanted to be a sportscaster. It didn't turn out. And uh, an actor, comedian, whatever. And uh, created a website, CNUFOs, which is no longer. It got a virus. And uh, you can find it on the Wayback Machine. Some of my sightings are on there. The website was huge. Lots of success. Almost a million people were there within a year, um, a month. I mean, 914,000 people a month came that last month. I had that site. Um, wow. Here we are. And that created the the radio show. I, I had the AZ UFO show, which there's 500 plus episodes of that. And then uh, I got away from that name and paranormal code and now goof
0: that's, it, yeah, that's very cool. Now, was, would you say that the time that you had those sightings, was that before the massive everybody owns a drone time? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It was 2004. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I okay. saw it, yeah.
0: Drones didn't really start coming out to what, six years
2: ago, maybe? 2015, yeah. somewhere in there that they really became affordable. Because I know uh, a friend of mine bought a drone. It was $3,000
0: and it was huge way back in the day. Yeah. Those are the ones that have like the stabilizing cameras on them and, you know, mm-hmm. semi-professional for videoing. Yeah. Those are pretty damn cool.
2: They had to put a GoPro. They taped the GoPro to theirs. It
0: didn't have a camera. That's how old <laughs> theirs was. <laughs> pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah. So why are you passionate about what you do? And what exactly would you say that you do? Because I did read to our audience your background or the about page of your uh, Mm -hmm. youtube channel Mm -hmm. so why are you passionate about what you do because there's a ton of people out there
2: making money off of false claims and uh, i'm not talking about youtube channels per se i'm talking about people in particular Uh, it started out actually the way it started out I started becoming friends with these people because I would send them my sightings and they would post them to their channels or actually websites back then, no channels yet, YouTube. There wasn't a YouTube. And um, and they start, and, and nobody ever investigated me. Nobody ever said, why do you see so many things? I mean, what is this stuff that you're seeing? And of course, a lot of that stuff I've debunked by now, but there were, there's a lot of things that I captured nobody can explain, but it bothers me that they use my footage in a compilation video of three hours of stuff that they put as a presentation. Jaime Mosan, for instance, he's the reason I'm, I'm in this the way I am now because I became friends with him early on, started talking to him a little bit here and there, and he invited me to go to one of his convention things and showcase my videos. And uh, somebody gave him a, a hefty, garbage bag, a big black one video. It was a video of a hefty garbage bag, but it was a beautiful UFO if you didn't know what it was. And they gave it to him and he put it into the thing and, and into the video demonstration or presentation. And it got a standing ovation. People were going nuts over this thing. I got to tell you, it was one of the best things I, I've ever seen. But knowing what it was, I didn't do it. Somebody I knew did it, gave it to him and he accepted it. And it bothered me. And he didn't question anything that was mine, his, theirs. He just took it because it looked good.
0: So and were they trying? Me. It sounds like they were trying to set him up and prove that, you know, he's just accepting yeah. anything and putting it out there. That's what he did. He yeah. proved
2: it. Actually, he did it to prove to me that Jaime's a dirty guy. Not okay. he is, but he isn't. It's just you in this field. Third phase of Moon gets in a lot of trouble for this, as you know. They 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 get evidence videos sent to them, and they post it up as fast as possible to be the first. And, you know, that's part of this business. It always has been. And people get on them for not doing research and then come to find out 12 hours later it was a weather balloon or whatever. And they look stupid for it. But I used to be against that, too, and I still am. But I understand getting things out first. What I don't like is when people are purposely making it themselves, creating the hoax themselves, or accepting it, knowing it's a hoax or a balloon or something mundane. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's a UFO. And a lot of people, they get confused with that. It's, it's amazing to me. And I try
0: to teach that on the show. It almost seems like with third phase of Moon, it's almost like a guilt by association Mm-hmm. You know, they're just putting things out there and people jump all over them about it, and it's not their material. They're just, they've had something sent to them and they're just presenting it and basically exposing it to people to make their own decision. They're not actual, I wouldn't call them like you being actual researchers when they're doing that. Now, maybe they are actual researchers when they're doing documentaries and things like that. But when they're doing the, let's get the video out first, they're not researchers, right? They're not, they're not researching anything. No, they're, um, they're TMZ. You know, they, they take what's given to
2: them. And I guess if it, if it passes their test of what a UFO should look like, you know, not CGI, not a reflection, you know, things like that, then they'll post it. And that's the same thing Jaime Mossan does a hidden underbelly does it mavi 777 look now all these channels do it but nobody's picking on them a third yeah. phase is the one of the biggest that's why secure team 10 another one two million subscribers he just called a reflection a legitimate alien spaceship and he got almost a million views on that. so that bothers me <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah no i agree um especially with how Michelle and I got into this with our sighting and, um, I still, you know, can't believe in the fact that we're even here having this conversation with somebody like you with 18 to 20 years and the thousands of hours of experience when it comes to this stuff. And I don't think we're any closer to information other than other people have seen things, but it just, uh, you know, talking about third phase of moon and and things like that, I've seen some pretty blatant hit pieces done that were uh, about you uh, recently for one reason or the other. And so what would you say people misunderstand the most about you and what you're trying to do with goof on? That um, I'm
2: not here to hurt anybody. People think I'm here to call people out and hurt them. And I do say things that uh, can be mis- uh, misconstrued or you know taken the wrong way. I uh, think joke first, serious second, and that's always been me. Every time I see something, I think, "My God, this is funny," because. But let's talk about why, and in you know, and the serious part of it. I kind of like see everything, life as a big joke board for me not i take life very seriously no i don't think a lot of people realize that but i want to um to lighten the i guess not the stigma but everybody's so darn serious all the time and you can't joke about this or you're going to be uh, you know not credible anymore you know you're going to lose your credibility if you joke if you if you call this person a name oh well you just created an enemy right there well if they're saying something that i don't agree with and that is a fact, and they're still saying it as, you know, and it's a lie, you know, that's going to make me mad. I'm going to say something about that person. And people choose sides in this field. And uh, we've seen people flip. I just found out one of my good friends was talking, you know, a lot of crap about me in the chat room, and it made me very upset. And I, and I'm, I thank you for reminding me, Rich, I have to block them. So and you know this person and that's what saddens me. It's like how can you do something like that, look me in the face and then flip. But I don't want to talk about that. I know we, I'm going off on a tangent there, but this field is ve- it's very it's very sensitive this
0: field. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads me to my next question actually. You're kind of going right into this but what are your thoughts on the current state of ufology? I know what I've seen this last like two years that Michelle and I have been digging into things. Mm-hmm. And it's it, I don't want to say disgusting. That's kind of a a very loaded word, but very disappointing in what I see with people. The the lack of any kind of humor. Um the hit pieces I've seen on you when you're joking around, I mean, you know, you're, you're a part-time or you're a comedian and you're off time. And maybe people need to understand that. Um, you like to poke fun at things. Uh, you have your own way of doing things, but the current state of ufology just seems like, uh, like everything else it's polarized. You're either a firm believer And aliens are coming down to save the planet, healing you, sticking things in you or whatever, or you're Mick West and everything is garbage. But there's like no in-between, there's no middle ground, there just seems like, you know, you either believe it or you don't, and it's almost like religious zealots anymore. So, again, what, what is your thoughts on the current state? of what's going on here with ufology
2: the current state has turned into a political one of ufology and and i am not choosing sides but i am um i am an independent politics shouldn't matter when it comes to ufology but let me tell you it's all that matters in ufology to me that's my opinion on it and i see because it's 85% male 15% female 14 percent female and one percent not is it non-binary i don't know um I'm trying to make a joke Uh <laughs> somewhere but, in there you know but they brought the cancel culture into this field um they brought do it my way or the highway uh rules for me not for thee so anything that i have said and done has been done 10 times over by the people who hate me they do it too they're they're and I forgot where we were going with this, the current state of ufology. Yeah, they're doing the same things that I'm doing, but doing it much worse. Like, I just make a few, you know, cracks on my show. They, they put out videos, hours and hours of talking time and shows dedicated to the third phase of moon and me being whatever, you know. But um, the current state of ufology right now is in a state of lull, L-U-L-L. It is very quiet in the field. There's nothing new. There's not a lot of TV time for Lou Elizondo, Jeremy, and all these guys, you know, who go on all the time. We are waiting for the next big thing. And I think it's coming either right before the holidays or right after New Year's. But there's, a, there's something brewing. I can just, there's a pattern in ufology. And the pattern is there is no pattern. But when it's quiet for a while, something's about to drop. Well,
0: we did Is you that just in, odds,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you will. Did you look into um I saw a quick mm-hmm. news story? I haven't dug into it, but the UFOs over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you dug into that? Speaking of there being a lull and, and it's all quiet. Um, I just happened to see a news article pop up about that yesterday. Uh what do you make of that? What what's going on there? Unfortunately, I didn't dive into it. I
2: just read the headlines. And, you know, they're talking about UFOs. And I think a lot of that stuff is probably drones, just surveying the area that we see them all around volcanoes now and waterfalls and all over the world, people are seeing these things. And, you know, they kind of wobble, you know, drones have a certain signature, you can easily tell a drone. And uh, I'm not sure if that's it. But I don't think there's any UFOs over in Kiev or Kyiv or wherever it is. I don't know. I, I I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just haven't dove into it
0: enough. Not a problem. You know, when I see some of these video footages, and and you're right, drones move a certain way because they're still aerodynamical. They're still moving around based on air currents and power to overcome drag and thrust and all of this stuff because they're they're a machine that's in the air but then there's the ones that don't seem like they're being affected at all by the the wind or air currents or density or anything like that they're just there and you know when michelle and i saw that huge triangle that we saw that's kind of what it was like it it was just there and and it, it it was just so bizarre that you can't, you can't rationalize what you're seeing. So it, it just becomes very freaky, like frightening, like that should not be there. Like yeah. it, it can't sit there like that. You know, you, you're used to an airframe or something like that, creating lift. And all it is, is three big glowing orbs in this weird translucent body sitting over the road. And it makes no sense. And of course, you know, we were not thinking about taking a picture or anything like that. We were kind of awestruck by it. Like, let's get the hell out of here, though. Really? So, yeah. And uh, so I don't know, I've never seen anything videoed or a picture of anything like that I know. from anybody else. But people have said that they've seen that same kind of thing up here in Michigan. And so, you know, when you said you saw your triangle, what, what set it apart from something that might have been actually flying? What did you notice about it?
2: Well, I, what I saw five times and recorded five times were three orbs in a triangle formation. And a couple of those videos, the orientation of those orbs moved. And, you know, instead of it being a triangle, it, they almost went in a straight line at one point. Um, so I don't, you know, um, it, I don't think mine was one solid ship. I think mine either was three satellites that I constantly see and record uh, or, but it, it isn't. It's at different times. And two of, the, two of those times, it was on the first day of summer, which is interesting to me. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, they were years apart. But I don't think it's one ship, not mine. And if it is, then they have the ability to change their orientation, which is possible. Yeah. So maybe it was one big ship. But I I saw stars in between, you know, when it went over and all that. It didn't make any waves as it passed by stars. And you can clearly see that on the videos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it is
2: interesting to get three points of light on video five times in six years. I mean, especially the, equal uh, distant apart like that. Not, not, not all the time. No. Just, uh, okay. just two of those sightings. They, they were static, like in place when they moved And the other times they were, they weren't like go, turning or anything. It was just like they would, one would slow down and it would change the orientation of it. It's just weird. That's why yeah. I don't think it's satellites. Like what are they doing? Flying secret stuff right above my head.
0: Yeah. And satellites don't usually change direction and. Yeah. slow down or anything right know, right or speed up okay so the next question i got for you is kind of long and as as dark journalist likes to say going into the deep dive right Nice. we're going deep all <laughs> right and we're probably going to ruffle some feathers but i would like to get to to some point here where what we saw makes some kind of sense about something i'm not I'm not signing off on aliens and any of that, but so let's talk about this for a minute. We've seen this strange evolution of ufology from everyone is crazy to hearings now in the, with government officials, new government offices being created, and people like Lou Elizondo, Christopher Mellon, Dr. Gary Nolan, former CIA director John Brennan, and Jim Simivan. Scientists like hell put off and a whole host of other people coming forward, supporting UFO and UAP phenomenon. And some of those people are even talking about being abducted. Do you think they are being legit or do you think there is something darker going on here? Um.
2: Yeah, I think there's something. I don't know if it's darker. It's just a different shade of what we're being told it is. That's for sure. because. Obviously, the government isn't going to give us disclosure. And Lou Elizondo has now infiltrated the Galileo Project as well as Space Force and, and other things of that nature that our government affiliated with, you know, like the new office, the arrow, which is going to change again its name. Um, man, I tell you, I don't if it if aliens were here and they were modifying us and changing the way we are. I could see them abducting us forever because we're an evolving species. We're always changing. They monitor everything we eat maybe and see if we're being, you know, if we can overcome certain sicknesses or whatever they're doing, if that's even what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, if aliens are doing stuff like that and they made a deal with humans, we could never know about that if there was uh, some contract in the, in the fifties that supposedly expired by now. And now there's these bad aliens that are hanging around the planet that are looking to take over and the good ones are keeping them out. Uh, And it's happening right above our heads, but I've never seen the evidence because it's happening in another dimension or another reality. And if that's true. And we can talk to them telepathically from one side of the galaxy to the other. Uh, anything is possible. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you have to think of it because that's what they're saying now that we, we can blue Elizondo. I mean, he's in the government. He, he works for the government. He's in these projects. He's a, a main figurehead in mainstream media. It goes on Tucker Carlson saying that we don't know where they come from. We just know that they're there. And, and uh, we don't have the technology to understand it yet, but, there is a possibility that we could talk to them telepathically. How did they jump from, you know, them being a threat to now all of a sudden we're talking to them telepathically within a couple of years is a really strange change in the narrative, which makes me think there's something dark going on. And, you know, I don't want to say it here because it's going up on YouTube, but imagine the worst thing possible. And it could be a farming of humans for all we know that's really going on and i'm not talking all humans i'm talking about smaller ones if you get my drift so yeah. i think it's a sick world and if the aliens are a part of that what do they care as long as they get what they need now on the flip side of that the aliens could be here to monitor us to make sure we don't kill ourselves but why didn't they do that the last five extinction level events that happened you know so I can't buy it. I don't know what to buy because I don't know anything. I'm not in the know. You're not in the know. Nobody is. I don't even think Lou is. Lou's just told what to say and when to say it. That's what I think.
0: That's my opinion. You know, I heard him doing an interview and he said one thing I thought was very interesting. He said something to the effect of, and and I'm just paraphrasing here because I don't have the quote in front of me, but his idea was that there is something here and we should probably behave like we don't really realize that we know that they're here because we don't want that attention brought to us, or it was something along those lines. So they think from that threat narrative. So in other words, like if you're walking down a dark alley and you know, you can see somebody hiding in a, in a shadow, but the only way they're going to jump out at you is if they realize that, you know, that they're there. I mean, it sounds like Lou doing his counterintelligence thing, right. Trying to get information about what they know about us. You know, it's that constant double speak and back and forth. So what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: On that, on that, my gosh, uh, I never even (laughs) thought about it. That's Um, an easy one, right? (laughs) It is. It is. I'm trying to, to remember everything you just said, because I was thinking of what you were saying. Um, repeat it again, so I make sure I understood you correctly. Yeah.
0: So basically what he was saying is, is that if we show oh, these right. things, evidence that we know they're there, then they're yeah. going to start trying to interact with us. And we may not want that too late.
2: We've already recognized them years, decades, hundreds, thousands of years ago. There, there's drawings of them, cave art and stuff like that. I don't know if there's cave art, but I think there might be somewhere. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but there's definitely uh, frescoes, I guess that you can call them, and paintings in, in the 1600s. So we know it goes back quite a ways. Maybe birth of Christ, you know, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't buy what he's saying. I think that's silly. And why would you say that? So you're telling us to not go with our instincts to try to find out what the truth is by looking for aliens or finding out what they are. Because if we do, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, no, sorry, it's too late for that. We already sent out Voyager with that record on it, looking for alien life. Uh, Can't do it. Got to go back 40 years in time. Sorry. Start over.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we broadcast from this planet like crazy, I mean, right? So, you know, if there is something out there, they know we're, we're here. We just don't have the technology to recognize that, that they might be here.
2: If they're here, we, and they don't want us to know, they won't let us know. Yeah. I just think that we can't see them. I think that They have this cloaking technology. I really do. I think they can do something or live in a spectrum of light that we just can't see. You know, that spectrum of light is unbelievably huge. We see such
0: a small fraction out of it. Oh, yeah, that's tiny. Mind-boggling, really. Yeah. Well, here's another one I want to go on a deep dive with you because this is something personally I actually enjoy talking with people about and actually researching and reading scientific papers about this. And, you know, it is that idea. And we kind of talked about this a little bit on your show about the, the ancient lost technology of humans. So when you start looking into these topics, you can see evidence that's all around you, whether it's the pyramids of Giza, the Sphinx, places like uh, Puma Punku, Machu Picchu in South America, so uh, you got very high quality precision items that are being found that are much older than items found that are younger. So in other words, the technology that created the older items seems to have been lost. And the newer items that were created are crappier than <laughs> the older ones. So what are your views on these ideas? And do you think any of this may be linked to the UFO phenomenon we see today? Well, unfortunately,
2: ancient aliens corrupted my mind. Yeah, that's not good.
0: (laughs) I don't buy into that.
2: But how can you say everything they say is just made for TV? I mean, there's got to be some legitimacy to some of the things they're talking about and some of the tools that they say they found that, uh, you know, couldn't have been done back in the day unless there was machinery involved. Look. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were here. I think they brought technology and they didn't leave it behind. I think they took everything with them because it was easy to take it with them. It wasn't like they had to build factories. I think the stuff was already made and they somehow, whatever they did, press a button and it filled the field uh, of, uh, I'm thinking of Coral Castle. Are you familiar with Coral Castle? Yeah. That guy was 135 pound Italian guy, five foot three. And he, he, has a 10-ton doorway or or thing that you can just push with your fingers.
0: Yeah, it's so well-balanced.
2: Yeah, and he moved all this coral around by himself, tons of stuff. And they say he had this uh, technology that was used by the uh, Egyptians, which supposedly could be alien technology. I try to think, if the Egyptians made this technology, where are the... uh, the, the places that build them, the machine shops, where are they? Seriously, what, there, there has to be something to build the machines. The machines have to build the machines. Something's got to build that too. Right. So where is it? You know, we haven't found it yet. Is that what you're going to tell me? The factory? You haven't found the factory yet, but we found... And that's possible. There's so much under the sand that we don't know. And then sadly, I think that uh, these people who protect the antiquities and in, in history lie yeah. about what they find and they put it away and never let us know because it would change everything we believe in. So, yeah, I think there's, and like Bob Lazar said, there's possible found technology, ancient alien technology. I, I don't say it's all bullet bull crap. You know, I think there's some truth to it. I, it's just, how do we know what is it's just because that art is in 3d on a, on a, you know, a monolith of stone or granite, how did they do that so well? Well, they can, that's all they did all day and night. They didn't have TV. They didn't, you know, they're not on a cell phone or were they, I don't know, but yeah.
0: yeah. What do you, what do you make? Speaking of that, what do you make of like places like um, Gobekli Tepe where those things were purposely buried and then you see how those things were carved in relief and just, Amazing. And it goes back to before the last ice age when only humans were running around in loincloths and, you know, being hunter gatherers. Yet they created these amazing, I mean, and, and that field is huge. They say there's, you know, possibly 50 or 100 of these buried circular temples or whatever they may be. What's your thoughts on that? that's amazing yeah it's i think 15,000
2: years old so it goes back 5,000 more years than we think uh that uh, we we came out of the caves and started farming and everything no man i think i think they're wrong and i think that uh goes right up against what they they've been saying all along and and nobody's saying nobody's complaining about it nobody's changing the history books that i found out you know they're they're still ignoring it pretty much like how can you ignore that and they say they only unearthed about six percent of that seven percent and it and it it looks like a lot of stuff has been buried like you said 50 of those things are just waiting to be unearthed and not all of them are probably going to be exactly like that right It's, it's they say that was probably like a place where people went to uh worship because they didn't find any anything else around there that would show they were living in that immediate area. People hiked to go to that place. So they think it was a place to pray or, I don't know, it had some special meaning to them. Yeah. But, but were all those things, like, I know they're in their circles and they were all buried, right? Yeah, but purposely what if they, buried. But what if they were not always in the circle? What if they took them from someplace else and then they just buried them that way? So I don't know if that's if that's true or what, but um man, they got so much work in our lifetime. They won't even
0: have that stuff unburied. No, no. I mean Sad. yeah, it it's it's really impressive when you dig into that. Um, I think it was uh uh Graham Hancock that said that. His his idea is, is that that place was used as a dissemination of information because we see people go from hunter-gatherers to beginning societies and agricultural, um, you know, becoming an yeah, agricultural type of societies where uh, they start using different types of tools. So they it was like a meeting place, like you said, it was a place of importance, but his idea is that like these humans that survived this cataclysm that happened during that time which brought the end of the you know the ice age to an end that you know they came here to learn from those survivors how to reboot technology and reboot society oh wow so i you know i always thought that was very you know an interesting idea now i'm like you when it comes to where are these tools that were used to do this? Cause there's no way a, a diorite pounding rock and a copper chisel is going to do all the things that you see and the precision that is used on those statues and things. There's no way the saw cuts, you know uh, the, the tubular drills, I mean, we haven't found any of those, but there's holes that are perfect okay. with groove marks millimeters apart. So what happened to those tools? I think, uh, you know, that that's a big question. Did somebody go and find them and hide them all away because they want to say that Egypt was the beginning of societies back, you know, five, 10,000 years ago? I don't know, but it's really weird, but that's a good point you bring up. Grave
2: robbers and thieves and over time, people have stolen all that stuff, I think. And it's either that or it's given back, you know, to uh, people that watch over it. I don't know. But, you know, everybody tries to make money. So I would imagine people tried selling that. And over time, I think collectors of this stuff, you know, people in government or perhaps museums around the world go looking for these artifacts to buy from people. Because they don't want them out in the public, you know, get ruined or lost or whatever. So maybe a lot of that stuff has been recovered by our government and or government helpers. And it's just stowed away, which it is. We know a lot of stuff that they found in Egypt is we'll never see the light of day. I saw a documentary recently where they brought us down into a place that stores a lot of the stuff that we'll never see. And it was amazing how much stuff was in this place never
0: will never the public will never see it why that's the big mystery well because then they get people like us that want to ask questions about it they don't tell us honest answers probably because they don't know and then we start speculating and then we always end up somewhere where it's aliens (laughs) yeah (laughs) right for sure why not it is (laughs) that's what makes sense all right everybody we're going to take about a five minute break to hear a word from our sponsors Hi, this is Ray Shemansky, author of the Alien Shades of Grace trilogy. And you're listening to Wayne
2: and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Greg Little, co-author of Origins of the God with England's Andrew Collins. It's a great book. It's about UFOs and the paranormal, and it gives an explanation. It's not what you think. And you are listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast.
1: Burton, and I am the host of Follow the Reaper podcast, where every episode we examine first and secondhand true paranormal encounters. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast.
2: everyone. This is Jared Murphy of NotAliens.com, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle from Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast.
1: Hey there, it's Richard Serrett, occasional weekend guest host of Coast to Coast AM. And host of The Conspiracy Show. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle's Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast.
0: What's up, everyone? This is Burton. And Aaron from Lost in the Dark Podcast.
1: And raise your horns because you're listening to Wayne and Michelle from the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Gemma Jade, from Gemma Jade YouTube, Moonbear Oracle, Paranormal Chop Shop. You're here listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hi, this is Chris Slato of the Chris Slato YouTube channel, retired F-16 pilot turned UAP investigator, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. This is Terry Ling Keel, director of MUFON memberships, investigator, demonologist, and author of Alien Healing The True Story of a Benevolent Extraterrestrial. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast.
0: Hello everyone, this is Michael Schratt, military aerospace historian and private pilot, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle at the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast, and we're glad to have you with us today.
2: Hi, this is
0: Seth Talk from MUFON. And the author of You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens and the host of Alien Spirit TV with Sev on YouTube. You're listening to Wayne and Michelle at the
1: Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast.
2: What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Big Willie with the UFO Grunge Podcast, where we're all about UFOs, aliens, and all things weird. I also run a podcast, Band of Bearded Brothers, with my brother Micah, B-O-B-B for short. And you are listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. So take a seat and buckle up as they educate us on all things woo.
0: You know, I, I think if you look at a lot of the mythology that's out there, too, and religious texts that talk about these huge floods that happened, you know, a lot of that stuff might have just been, you know, washed away, destroyed. Um, I'm thinking repurposing. I know that people came back into Egypt after whatever this cataclysm was and began repurposing things. They could have melted down some of this stuff. You know, and, and used it for right. whatever. So what about, what is it called when the
2: rocks are melted together? You know, you've seen that before. You mean when they go molten and they, they mix yeah. them? Yeah, they they form them in the walls. They make walls and, and blocks out of them. You, you've seen that in yeah. ancient oh, times. Like, yeah. What is yeah, that yeah. called again? I forget what it's called. Oh. The word for it. That's all right.
0: We'll yeah i know I, it'll come yeah. to me in a minute. if you look at i know exactly what you're talking about because if you go like to peru and south america you see those giant megalithic blocks that are you know these huge blocks that are fit together and it's like there's no signs of them being worked at all and they're fit together perfectly they're they're geometric yeah they were like molded together like clay yeah you know, they were like, yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. And nobody knows how they did it. And yeah, you're wild. right, but I the name of that process escapes me. Some type of polygem. No, it's not that. I know. I think it starts with an E, but anyway. Yeah, we'll think of it after we
2: yeah, stop the interview. <laughs> right. I
0: remember. <laughs> so, okay. So staying on this kind of line of reasoning, what about Antarctica?
2: Oh, yeah. Great place. Wouldn't want to live there. (laughs) (laughs) Why
0: would you take heads of state and ask an astronaut and people down to a place that's very difficult to get to? I think they were brought to um,
2: either a buried UFO, like in the movie The Thing or in one of the recent Superman movies. Or it's uh, they found some sort of building under ice or some sort of something. I really do. Or aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why else would people risk, put all that risk out there to go to Antarctica to look at something? So what would it be? A private conversation between people? No. Is it artwork? No. Uh, technology. Ah, okay. Now we're talking something that could blow up the world. Maybe it was some sort of time capsule. You know, they opened it up and out, you know, like uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you open it up and all this power comes out. Maybe they did. Maybe they opened up a, a portal to another dimension.
0: Maybe there's a Stargate down there. You know, so they took Obama down there. What were they going to do? Throw him through it? <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe, Maybe Obama's they, not really Obama right. Right. Now. now
2: he's been replaced. It could be another Obama. Maybe that's what they were doing, replacing the popular people. <laughs> you know, Buzz Aldrin, you know, he got
0: a little nutty. In his yeah, old age. That, that sure did happen. but
2: he because. was like that
0: before he went there, anyway. Yeah. But why Buzz Aldrin, of all people? Wasn't Look he the one? He was a big proponent of there was somebody on the moon watching them. Yeah, I know. And
2: yeah, he was he talking
0: all kinds of crazy stuff before he was brought down there. So why him? They found something and they wanted people's opinions. Something. I know why. going on.
2: I know why. Hey, Buzz, we want to show you something. Is this what you saw on the moon? Ah, are these them? Maybe they may, are these the, the ships you saw? Is this the guy you saw the alien? Is that what you saw? That'd be interesting. That would be.
0: I and bet that you would, that's it, what it kind it is. of makes sense too.
2: Now, why yeah. him? He's eighty years old at the time. No, re- and didn't they bring the pope down there? I think yes.
0: The pope yeah. All, all these, these he, different you know? weird head head of states that they brought down there.
2: It and I've weird. always
0: found it fascinating. Like, what is going on down there? In 2004, that when I
2: first got into this field, there was a strange broadcast that came over. I was listening to something on AM radio, and it said all the world's navies, this was the announcement, are in the Pacific Ocean, about 500 miles south uh, southwest of the Hawaiian islands, and they're all getting together for an event. And then... The tsunami happened a day after that or two days after they left that area. That big tsunami that killed 250,000 people on Christmas in Indonesia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell were all of the world's Navy? Not a lot. There's probably what four or five countries that have navies, but they all got together down down there. They said there was like 100 ships and they were out there to see a presentation of something, but they never told us what. And there was no update after that, uh, after they left. They said, I remember hearing they're going to be leaving in about 48 hours once the event has taken place. What that event is, we'll have to find out, wait and find out. And I, we never found out, but the tsunami happened. Yeah. And I wonder if there was a new weapon that they were testing.
0: Yeah, wasn't it a, like a major deep sea earthquake that happened that part of the sea floor actually lifted up quite yeah, was- a bit that launched that water toward Indonesia?
2: Yeah, because I guess the displacement of water was so big, you know, yeah. from, the mount, from the mountain moving with plate tectonics, that happens, but that was unusually big. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Just a strange coincidence, man. That's all. Is it? <laughs> Is it, though? I mean, I'm the only one who knows of it, I think. I, nobody else remembers seeing that or hearing that. And I remember talking about it on my show, so I'll have to find that
0: show. This was years ago. 04. Yeah. 405, right now. No, 04. I think it was 04. Yeah. You know, the other day on your show, speaking of your show, you played a a, a video, a piece of evidence that I thought was fantastic. The one where you had the object that was floating in the sky and then the two objects go zipping by it and actually maneuver to go around it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was my fleet sighting. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. And and the only thing that I could say by looking at that and people, you got to check out that video, go and find his show where he shows that one. Uh, What episode was that? Like today? They can find it. All they have to type
2: is type in is UFO fleet, April, 2012. Okay.
0: So there you go. UFO fleet, April, 2012. Is it 2012? No, (laughs) 2000s. Just put a uh, Rich Giordano UFO fleet, and you'll get okay. the two fleets I captured. Yeah, it, and you know, it looks to me like it, if it was going to be anything, that there was some type of missile test going on, and they were redirecting the missile around the target. But it's it's not a missile. I mean, it wasn't yeah? There's no. That, that was the only thing I could think of. Is like that would but, be. Imp- yeah, it was impossible because I saw the
2: whole thing happen and it was really strange. I was sitting at an intersection, saw a flash, you know, thinking maybe it was somebody's mirror, you know, reflecting the sun or something, whatever. And But I looked up anyway, because that's what I usually do. I had the sunroof open and uh, and I see like uh, these objects just like, well, it looked like paper in a dust devil. And we had those in our We have them in Arizona. It's like the same ones they have on Mars. It's yeah. just you know the wind and it and it makes a little tornado and and it throws stuff up a thousand feet in the sky, everything, you know, except the heavy stuff. So I thought it was that, but I didn't see any dust, and it was over a place that was all concrete. Usually, it doesn't happen like that. It happens in an open area in the desert. Yeah, it's rare that one would happen where I was. But anyway, I saw another flash. And then when the light turned green, cause I was at the intersection, I went to the Walgreens parking lot and stood out of the sunroof and recorded what you saw. And it was really strange because there was about 30 of them. I would, uh, I, at first, you know, when they were all doing this in this vortex, it's like the vortex stopped and they, they, they all went different directions and, I can only see maybe five, six, seven of them at this point. And I'm, I'm I can't find them. I'm keeping my camera here and I'm looking around. I don't see any more flashes. And and then you saw what I saw, which, you know, a little bit out of focus. It was hard. That was a new camera for me and I only had it right. a week. So I wasn't familiar with the, you know, how it works perfectly and trying to focus. And yeah, it was weird. That one object just stopped, literally stopped and two you know, went right towards it. One didn't head right on it, but the other one was going right for it. And at the last second, it went right around it. Yeah. That blew me away. Now, if that was balloons, it would there's have bounced no into it and moved the other one. Yeah, there's no way. And if it was paper, why would two pieces of paper be in a perfectly straight line going past this thing that's hovering? Unbelievable sighting. It was so much fun.
0: Yeah, that that that's a good one. That's one of the best ones I, I've seen that, Makes you really think like, okay, if they're doing some type of, of aircraft flying or whatever, that's one thing just danger wise, you would not want to do that with military aircraft at all. And you're not going to sit there and fire live rounds at another aircraft and, you know, see if your, your countermeasures are going to work. You don't do it that way. And that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like. And ob- two objects going toward a stationary one, one just kind of goes by it, but the other one, just, it diverts. And it now it's it's not birds, it's not balloons for sure. You can tell those things are under some type of propulsion, that they are moving. Some people might call those actual tic-tacs. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I don't they know. Like, they look like it. They They you could know, be. Uh, Maybe I recorded it all the way back then, you know. So before I switch subjects on you a little bit, and you brought up uh, the Tic Tac stuff, what what is your thoughts? Let's put it here on the record about the Go Fast Tic Tac and Gimbo or gimbal videos that the Navy. Well, I don't think they released them on purpose, but they declassified them. And they were kind of, depending on whose story you want to believe, they were leaked to the New York Times by Christopher Mellon, Lou Elizondo. One, one of them, both of them, who knows. But what are your thoughts on that? The gimbal is a drone, in my opinion, for sure.
2: Uh, the go fast is a balloon or a bird. I don't believe that's tic-tac or whatever anybody says i think that uh it's got to be some sort of balloon there's a lot of parallaxing going on with that video so it looks like it's going faster than it is but none of these objects made blinding moves or incredible moves or high speeds or anything like that and the other one the tic-tac um is nothing i don't know that that's an interesting one because i don't know isn't that the one they locked in on Yeah, well, that's the
0: one that comes with the flavor, you know, stories about what it was doing beforehand. And then he returned to the ship and then they sent two other jets to go to where this thing ended up. And that's where the video comes from, the targeting pod of the second flight that went there and found it. So there's a little bit more information we have about that. The way that it was moving, it was counter, you know, the the as Fravor was going one way, it was kind of mirroring Fravor and and coming yeah. up to meet them and kind of doing the whole dogfight circular type of thing. Um, yeah, so we got a little bit more information on that. Those other two, I just I don't know what to make of them. They're not UFOs or exotic
2: technology, I promise,
0: because the government
2: won't show that. They're not going to show that type of stuff. If they won't give us a picture of something, of of a plain disc where you can't tell what the propulsion is, why would they give us this? Because it's clear, it's grainy, there's no detail, and you can say anything you want. And nobody's going to know if you're right or wrong. And as far as Tic Tac goes, nobody has ever seen a Tic Tac yet. Nobody has recorded a Tic Tac yet. Only these guys out over the ocean have seen the tic-tacs. I don't think it's real. I think it's uh, Lou Elizondo and the government using that as a threat to get the funding they needed for their spying room that they want to get technology from all other countries. That's all this room is for is to see what our adversaries have and what our friends have. And then we could steal it from them or tell them they can't use it. Yeah, we're, we're just dirty. But- I'd
0: rather be here than there. Yeah. (laughs) True. Okay. Well, UFOs and the paranormal seem to go together. And I noticed that you uh, have done a lot of paranormal research. Can you tell us a little bit? And by paranormal, I know people will say, well, UFOs are paranormal. They're not normal. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. ghosts, spirits, cryptids, those kind of things. What's your experience with that? And uh, what do you think of some of that stuff? Uh, Any personal experience? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Um, I'd be here for a while telling you some of the things that have happened. Um, But I used to, I went on a a couple of ghosts. Um, We went to Tombstone, Arizona twice. I went with an all-girl team. They invited me to go a long time ago because they were on my show and they invited me. So, you know, living in Arizona, I went to Tombstone and we heard gunfire, you know, um, like a shootout almost, you know, like pop shots were going off right next to us. And it was pretty wild stuff. It was, it wasn't something that was far away, you know, it was pretty wild. I did a, uh, my brother-in-law passed away. So my sister was moving out of that house and then the house caught on fire and then it had to get rebuilt. And during the rebuilding I did, cause he died in the house. He had brain cancer. So he died at home. So I went there to investigate only a year after he passed away and I didn't catch anything from him, but, uh, I got what we think is his daughter who died at 13 from leukemia. And I think I got her because Holy crap, it sounds just like her. And, and I also had my, I had um, the camera around me and a strap and it got pulled and, uh, I went to go stand up and it pulled me down and I've had that happen. That was unbelievable. I've heard my name being whispered in my ear at the gym years ago. I'm talking 20 years ago. Um, I seen stuff at the gym. I work out now with people there because I live in a retirement community because I'm that old. Um, (laughs) You're not that old. (laughs) Well, I'm not 55 yet, but people have died all around me. Yeah. Um, You know, so I think we have them walking around where they died here. Uh, just the other day, I was working out, and this never happened before, but it, I almost got hurt. I, I took the weights off the, the the rack, right? There were 50s, and I went when I went to step away, it felt like somebody stepped on my foot and I couldn't lift my foot. I almost fell down. I had to drop the weight. <laughs> wow to me freaked me out because there was nothing there and I couldn't move my foot. And, and I mean, I moved it right after I almost fell, but it would it stay like somebody kept their They stepped on my foot and when I was falling, I still couldn't lift it. And I and my knee still hurts a little bit from that because I tweaked it a little. Yeah. So it's weird what I'm going through. And I don't know if it's because I vibrate at a certain level. So I'm like a beacon to everything paranormal now.
0: But I don't. Right. I don't know.
2: Maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I. Maybe because I'm just talking about it. Maybe because we uh... talk about it. We're we're inviting it. Right. We'll have well, to do, do a you... second interview, and I'll have to tell you sometime about the Ouija board.
0: Story. Oh no, man!
2: Oh, oh yeah, real bad. Well, I, I, I won't just... even use it anymore. Uh, oh, it's I've heard. Bad. I've
0: heard. I've heard from people that have played around with those things and, and I won't touch them. So yeah, we'll we'll never heard these stories. (sighs) Wait until you hear what happened. And it's, it's real. Well, I was just going to ask you, do you have a favorite paranormal or UFO story that you like to tell people? Do you have one in particular? Yeah.
2: My parents. Yeah. They have the, one of the best stories you'll ever hear. Well, what is it? Oh, you want me to tell it? Yeah, let's go. Uh, So (laughs) this'll take about three minutes to tell. So bear with
0: me. No problem. So In
2: 2005, they built a house on, on the ledge of a mountain or the edge of a mountain It overlooks Phoenix. It's a place called Troon and Troon Scottsdale, Troon, whatever it's a major golf complex area, very high society up there and all that shit. You know, it's like really beautiful, but they kept the, because it was in the McDowell mountains on the mountains itself, they try to keep the, the preserve exactly the way it was when they moved there. So behind their backyard is real desert. Like you can't walk through it's it got thick cactuses, rattlesnakes, rocks. Like, you know, I mean, it's bad, real treacherous. You can't, you can't walk down it unless you had thick boots on. So I'm just giving you a visual of why I'm telling you this because where their ledge or edge of the mountain is, about 1,000 feet across, is where the next ledge is. And there's like a big uh, valley in between them. Only 1,000 feet, but it goes pretty far down, like 400 feet. Um, across the way, when they, when they just got the house built, I was going over there regularly. This was in uh, 2005. And I had my camera. I took it everywhere with me. And we're sitting in the backyard and my dad goes, you see that over there? And I look, and I go, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, the light in the tree, I go, light in the tree. And I grabbed my camera and I focused in, I go, oh my God, what, what is the light doing in the, in the bush? He goes, I don't know. Uh, since we moved here, it's been getting brighter every week. And I go, no shit. And I go, okay, well, that was Thursday. I was there. I went over on Sunday. And I go, is the light still there? And he's like, yeah, it's still there. And my mother's like, it it got brighter. So, you know, I I looked at it, I recorded it. And I'm like, all right, can we get over there and see? And he goes, I don't know, do a satellite thing and see if we can get over there. So I pulled the satellite up of the area and it is just desert. I mean, there's no roads going to there. Now we could possibly walk if, but we would have to go, all the way around the community through a gated part that we're not supposed to go in. So it's private property over there, but that part is part of the preserve. So it's it's public, but it isn't. we We're not supposed to go there. So when I looked at the satellite, I said, I don't see anything that looks like a cave entrance or a burial of anything, like somebody put a candle there or, you know, one of those lighted things that uses the sun, you know, solar energy and charges oh, yeah. It. So I'm like I, I don't know maybe maybe somebody buried their dog or something dad I don't know he goes well it doesn't make sense and uh, I don't I don't know what it is it's weird So Thursday comes back up again and of course the light's still there Sunday goes the light's still there So the next Thursday I come over and as soon as I walk in the door my mother's like you got to see how bright it is you got to see how bright the light is and I'm like no way So you know I, I videotape it, and it, you can see it in the bush. It's pretty bright. It looks like somebody has a flashlight, and they're just shining it. it but it's not, you don't see any beams coming off of it. it. It's just illuminated. But it doesn't look like it's illuminating the area. Oh, very, dude.
0: You, you man, know. you're saying that, and that is exactly like those damn orbs that were in that triangle we saw. Mm. They, were, they were glowing, but they weren't illuminating anything. Around at all.
2: It's very strange. Yeah. Same thing with the Phoenix lights. People said that about the Phoenix lights as well. So uh later that night at 3:30 in the morning, my phone rings, and I live 45 miles from them south, directly south in Chandler. And my mother, I hear my mother going, Richie, Richie, can you hear me? And I'm like, Yeah, what? Uh, what's what's wrong? And I hear like my father yelling and Sounded like a loud rumbling. And, and I hear my father coming closer to the phone about to grab. And he's like, the, the Chinook helicopters are here. They're taking the light out of the ground. I'm like, what? He goes, they got the army here. They're telling us not to come outside. He goes, this is unbelievable. Can you see it? Can you see it from where you are? Now? And there is a small possibility I could have seen it because I have a view of the mountains 40 miles away. But I couldn't because they're embedded in the mountain behind right. it, and the angle of it I couldn't see. So he he goes, they're they're putting something around it. They pulled the light out. I go I go, did you take a picture? Are you got? He goes, my batteries died. I don't have a camera to take a picture. And this is 2005, so he didn't have a cell phone with a camera. So I'm like. He goes, there's four Chinook helicopters and they're taking it out. I'll keep you on the phone. Tell me if you can see them. They might head your way. So I'm outside on the phone at 335 in the morning waiting for this thing. And (laughs) and he's like, can you hear it? It's so loud. I can't believe all the lights. Oh, my God. And he's starting to, my mother and him are yelling, it's so bright. Oh, my God. The light is so bright, Richie. They're pulling it. They're, They're taking it your direction. Can you see it? And I'm like, I don't see it. And I never saw it. But they pulled this light out of the ground where my parents lived. And I still have the video of the light before it turned big and bright. And they said they couldn't tell how big it was, but they had put a net around it. And one of the helicopters took the actual light and went over the mountain my direction, which means they were going to probably Tucson, uh, you know, because they got military base down there or they could have went. 65 miles west to Luke Air Force Base but that's just an air force base they probably didn't right and it would have been away from the city they could have stayed over you know they could have went high and hit it going over a non-populated area instead of yeah. going over so that's one of the cool stories that i have in my arsenal about a strange light being pulled out of the ground across
0: the street from where my parents live that's amazing because it sounds like those ufo retrieval teams that you hear about Wow! But how do they, the reason, how do they know about it? I think because of me, because
2: my website was being watched at the time. And it was. Uh, my website was so watched by the Russian Federation. And you could see IP addresses of 100 or 200 in a row in sequential order. Oh, that wow. Say Russian Federation, Russian Federation, Russian Federation. Chinese, what is the Chinese revolution or whatever it is? China, this, China, 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 hundreds of those. And they were watching me. And then I got a virus that killed my laptop and broke the diagnostic
0: machine at Best Buy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Wow. And now when they were yelling, it's loud, it's loud. Can you hear it? Could you hear it? Anything through the phone? It was breaking up like a bad windstorm in the phone. Yeah. But I heard helicopters.
2: Yeah. I could wow. Hear it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And That's, not one of my, like my, the neighbors were out, you know, everybody was out at three 30 in the morning over there and nobody got a, a picture. I, I went and rang everybody's doorbell. Nobody got it, but you know, I got a nice report on it. So it was fun to talk about,
0: man. Those,
2: those Chinooks are big
0: helicopters.
2: There were four of them. Yeah. My dad said, yeah, they were big. And he said, it woke us up. We thought, there was an earthquake happening. It was so loud, Richie. Richie, you couldn't believe how loud. I never, ever want to do that again. It was funny. So cool that this stuff happens. Yeah, that's
0: really cool. And you and know, what are the
2: odds? It happens to my family, my me in the field only a year. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Well, no, it's because you put that stuff up on the web. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. why. Now, the fact that they happened to spot it, well, maybe that's just luck. But the fact that you recorded it and then put it out there and kept on saying, hey, it's back again and all this stuff, it piqued some interest for sure.
2: Yeah, and you can see the light in the bushes, in the bush or whatever that, Yeah, you know, those trees that we have in Arizona.
0: Now, on the flip side of that. Do you have any favorite like debunking stories? Any anything that jumps out at you that was so bad that you keep it in the back of your head as a you know as a story to tell about one of the worst faked UFO things you've ever seen or dealt with or debunked? Uh, well, there's plenty of
2: them, but one is a guy named uh, I guess I could say his name it doesn't matter anymore. Jeff Woolwine. And this guy has uh, a website called Petroglyphs in the Sky. And the petroglyphs in Arizona from the ho ho and all the other Indians and all that, the indigenous, excuse me, they, in his opinion, drew the sightings of things on the rocks. They drew what they saw in the sky. So a round thing would be, you know, a sphere or, you know, a, a little squiggly line would be a sky worm you know, and things like that. Um, but I did some research on this guy and found out that he and his kid, his kid was releasing balloons down yonder and he would record them. Oh. And, yeah. And I interviewed his neighbors and they all knew him as the UFO guy and balloon boy. And I gave him the nickname balloon boy because that's what his neighbors called him. And, and this guy wanted to be, well-known and make money. That's all he wanted to do in this field was get a TV show. And every time I'd see him, he'd like, hey, Richard, I'm going to get my own TV show on cable. I go, you're not getting a TV show. You're paying for it on uh, PBS. I go, you're paying to be on TV. Nobody should do that. If I still got a TV show, what do you got? I go, well, the number one show the last three years, I don't know. I don't know about you. But anyway, you know, but he was this type of guy who, um, who sounded like he knew what he was talking about, but was, didn't know what he was talking about. And I debunked him so bad, um, and we, you know, we had little wars between each other and whatnot, and fighting with radio hosts and all this other stuff. But man, I don't know how or why people would believe a guy like that. And here I am proving it, having interviews of people. Oh, you could have just paid those people. Like here we are again. 15 years later and people are still saying that stuff. Oh, you paid somebody to do this or that. I'm like, can't anybody do anything for legitimate reasons anymore? Can anything be legit? So yeah, that was a huge debunk. Yeah.
0: Well, I see, you know, with over 6,000, almost 7,000 people on my Facebook group for our, our podcast, you know, I see some things that are turned in that that people just, you know, you're moving your camera and taking a picture and you're saying that the squiggly line is something. And I think there's a, there's a thing of number one, people want attention, but number two, people, people really want to believe in this stuff. I mean, the, the whole poster of the X files of, I want to believe That's legitimate. People want to believe in something higher than themselves, higher than humans on this planet, just because I think that's something that we like to look forward, you know, like there's something above us and, and that's it. I mean, religion, you know, you could go all the way with that, but um, I I just, it just aggravates me. And that's one thing I said on your show that I'm going to repeat here is that one thing I really like about what you do on YouTube is that whenever i decide that i am i'm like starting to fall into the rabbit hole and i'm i'm going to put all my eggs in one basket and this is you know this stuff's legit this is the way it is your show has a tendency to help snap me back into that reality and put the not the skeptic hat on but the show me the evidence you know let's let's look at this and we just we don't have any evidence and we don't need people faking stuff for their own attention seeking behavior. We need the real thing. And I don't know. I, I know you do one thing and maybe you can talk about this before we wrap this up, but you do what you call uh goof on university. I believe Yeah. you talk about like the proper ways to start documenting uh, if you are seeing something or if you see something, how you should go about it. Why don't you, uh, Give us a little like high level review of what you talk about for that. And then we'll just get ready to wrap it up here.
2: Yeah, I originally started talking because I wanted to teach people about, well, originally it was just to showcase my videos. Then as the years go on, I, I realized, well, I think I know more than the average person at this point. So maybe I could you know, tell people what to do and with 21,000 hours behind me. I think at this point, um, and I've tried over twenty different cameras over the years. Which, by the way, those cameras don't even exist anymore. So I'm behind on that. <laughs> but I do have a Nikon P900, so at least I've got a camera. Um, no, it uh, the, basically, Goofon University is to teach how to. Well, I teach what I learned, and I put different episodes together. And one of them was, you know. How to record um, at night? How to record during the day? You know, check your settings. Get a tripod. Do you have an optic, an optical imaging stabilizer? Are you using the right settings? Are you using this? Is it manual focus? Is it automatic focus? When you fill out your report and you get stuff, are, are you putting the date, the time, the weather? Are you putting how many people saw it? How fast it went? What it looked like? Did you feel anything? Did you dream anything? you know, everything you can think of should go in this report. And people aren't even putting timestamps on anything anymore. They're just saying, hey, it happened a couple of days ago, you know, and then you find out it was five years ago. You know, that happens and and it kills the credibility of the field instantly. Yeah. But I try to impart what I've learned, you know, and teach people that all the mistakes that I made because I know, you know, I, I always call it Trial and error because that's what I've done. Everything is trial and error. I've made more mistakes than anybody. I said the same things you people have said. I know that's an alien. I know that's a UFO. And you gotta, I think everybody should have somebody next to them. I had my wife at the time. You have your wife. And my wife kept me level headed because I would show it to her. And she's like, Are you out of your mind? I'm trying, babe. You know, I'm trying. She's like, You can't do that. So after a while, you know, you're like, yeah, you know what, just be honest. The field is strange enough as it is. There's no reason to lie. And if you think you're going to get away with faking anything, you're not. And in this field, I've seen it all. And a lot of people are doing stuff that's already been done. Uh, if you look at the internet now, how old is it? 25 years old now or something? It's, it's been around. YouTube's been around, what, 15 years? Yeah. Yep. So there's nothing that can get by us, but there are things that can fool us. That's for sure. And with this new AI technology that's now out that can make AI photos, videos, it's going to be so much harder. Ever since I thought drones was it. I thought the drones, that is drones, birds, balloons, bugs, satellites, and planes. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Now you add in (laughs) artificial intelligence. Oh, my God. You won't be able to trust anything in a couple of years.
0: Well, yeah. And then add into that uh, VR. Oh, my God. Why do you do that to me? That's right.
2: (laughs) The the metaverse, man. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. Sooner or later, that's going to be reality. Um, It's fun. I mean, I love the field and I'm passionate. Just to circle back to the very first thing you asked me, why am I so passionate? I have a lot invested in this field. I have my own videos. I have my own experience. I have my own voice out there forever now on the internet. And um, that's why I don't lie, because it will come back to bite you. You know, I spent my whole life trying not to lie to people. I'm probably one of the most honest people you'll, you'll ever meet to a point where it's broken up relationships, fights with the family. You ask me, do <laughs> I look fat in this? Yes, you look fat in that. As a matter of fact, you always look fat in that. You, you, no, I never said right. But But you know what I mean? If somebody doesn't want to know the truth, don't ask. If you want, an, if you want me to look at your videos, and say, be as honest as you want. I could take it. And then I tell them, it's a balloon. I saw the string. Are you crazy? You don't think I could tell the difference between a balloon and a UFO? And I'm like, yeah, you, you didn't see the string. And the next thing you know, they're calling me a Nazi misogynist racist. That's a true story, by the way.
0: Yeah. That, yeah.
2: No, no yeah. Well, you don't know that one. That was a guy named Gutter Gawker. And he says, whatever you, just be honest. And we used to be friends of the show, donated and all this stuff. And one day I just was so nice to him and in front of everybody, I said, "Bro, I think now don't, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think that's a string. You don't think I can tell the difference. And he just lost it in
0: front of everybody. But anyway, it's like, it's it's like when you bust somebody's religion, man, hmm. it's, you know, they're, they're invested and they're down that rabbit hole and they think they've, they've got it right. And man, people do not like to be told when they're wrong, no now matter why- how you. No matter how you say it.
2: Yeah, you, know what you were gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna say, and why would you get mad at knowing the truth? Why get mad at me? I mean, you came to me, you asked me, and I'm sorry you didn't see that. Maybe you need to get your eyes checked. And that is true. A lot of people have bad vision, don't even know it. It's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else well, to say. I,
0: I miss things, people. I'm sure, because I'm colorblind, right? So you know, God only knows, you know, what my vision is like compared to somebody like you or somebody who's had LASIK and has got perfect color vision and things like that. I know in the army, it served me well because I don't see shades. So camouflage doesn't work very well oh, for cool. me. I yeah. That. So, and I had, I had really good night vision for the longest time until I hit about 48 or so. And, and that, that pretty much the eyes start going down dealing with glaucoma and then, you know, all kinds of stuff. So just getting old sucks, man.
2: <laughs> I know. Cause we're not supposed to live past, I think 50 anyway.
0: Yeah. Naturally. Amazing.
2: If you think about it, how we were back in the day when we were just cave people, we probably, well, because of the elements we would die, but they didn't live that long,
0: they, you know, cause they didn't have anything to protect them from eating bad meat or anything like that. Sure. Plus, you know, all the predators that are out there, you know, we, we could have been easily hunted. There was a lot of things and there's still a lot of things out there in mother nature that want to kill you. So, you know, let alone natural disasters, but, you know, come face to face with a hungry bear or, or step on a cub or something and see what happens. Mm hmm. So, well, we're going to wrap it up here, man. So just two last things I want to ask you, do you have any ties to Michigan? That's kind of like our signature question and, you know, any, any relatives come up here at all for anything, fishing, hiking, camping, hunting. Never, never Never. been there. I don't, I've never even
2: dated a girl from Michigan. I, (laughs) I don't. I don't know we've, anybody. Well, do
0: we've you. heard that one before too. About well, I think one of my exes is up there somewhere. So,
2: <laughs> I uh, no, but I hear there's some really good UFO sightings that happen over there.
0: Man, I'll tell you what, it is it is hopping here in Michigan, and it has a lot. I think it has a lot to do with two things. Well, three things: the former nu- uh, nuclear Nike site, missile sites that used to be here. Mm -hmm. Back in the cold war days. So all of surrounding all of Detroit were nuclear missile sites and we had nuclear weapons that were being, you know, fitted onto bombers here that could go over the North pole to retaliate against the Russians. So there's that currently we have some nuclear power plants around here. And then we've got all the fresh water that is extremely deep, like really deep that surrounds the state. So we get a lot of reports on our Facebook page about, you know, people seeing things on the West side of the state going in and out of Lake Michigan. And like, these are, I guess you would call them transmedium. They're not just yeah. aircraft sightings of things going into O'Hare over in Chicago. Yeah. These are like legit okay there it's a ball of light fine but show me a drone that goes down into the water and then pops out and, and can fly around so we've been getting those kind of reports and things and uh yeah lake is. Well, there are very,
2: drones now that can go in the water and
0: come back here. oh really
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm have to look into has one. yeah a couple of drone companies made a few that are unbelievable wow so in the water and go underwater and then come back out and fly away wow okay
0: Crazy. yeah they just they're they're new like two years old yeah well it, is that private company no no like-
2: it's, it's a public company i don't remember the name but i okay. did so much research when i was purchasing my drone and i came upon that video a couple of videos where they're diving in water with drones now
0: huh. i remember the name of the company. I think a parrot,
2: maybe it's parrot drones. I'm not sure, but. Well,
0: then definitely our military (laughs) probably has that. Yeah.
2: That's just like the Jeremy Corbell video. Splash, splash.
0: Yeah. Sub launch drones that they can use. I'm sure. All right. Last question for you. And we're going to get you out of here. Where can people find you on the web? And what is your streaming schedule? If they want to check you out. Well, they can find. It's Goofon
2: Network. Uh,
0: you can find me
2: on Facebook and Twitter and mainly just go to YouTube and look up Goofon G-U-F-O-N. And all the links will be in any of the show's descriptions. So you can go on any show and go in the description and find all the links to me or on the homepage of Goofon on YouTube where okay. the About button is. I go every night almost. Uh, I do take some Thursdays off and Sundays. I think I'm going to take today off and uh, it is Sunday. Yep. So I go at seven o'clock and five o'clock on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Monday through Friday and Saturday at
0: five. Okay. Awesome. And I will provide links in our show notes for this show. And if people want to go check you out, I highly advise it. It will give you a different perspective on, the whole UFO paranormal idea from somebody that has the experience to talk about this. And uh, it's been awesome, you know, stumbling upon your show and digging into you a little bit to figure out what was going on and why people were mentioning you and seemed to have this, this hatred for you. And uh, I'm like, why is everybody all upset? Oh, he's, he's debunking things and, and, and hitting them in their, their, uh, their emotions a little bit. So, you know, and people are don't have a humorous bone in their body when it comes to this stuff I've found. So, but all right, Rich, it's been great and any last words before we end the show? Yeah. I I don't want, people to go to Goofon
2: and think I'm an angry person because I'm so far from angry. It's passion. I'm passionate about this field. I'm passionate about doing it, passionate about doing the right thing. And I'm passionate when it comes to people making money off of lies. And there's been so much going around all this hate for certain channels and people, including myself. Um, I've been guilty of doing it too, but I don't hate it. it there's, if you're going to come over to Goofon. Be ready for something you've never seen before on on any talk show, if you've never seen it before, because it's brutal honesty. It's, I know it's me saying it, but all I want to do is just make people laugh and give them what the truth is as I see it, I guess. So, so that's it. That's all. I just want people to have fun in this field. Everybody's so tightly wound and let's wear a tie makes us more official and just be yourself and have some fun. I mean, life is too short. ufology is a serious thing but it's not so serious
0: you can't laugh jesus sorry (laughs) all right awesome all right everybody make sure you get onto youtube and you check out goof on giordano ufo network so awesome all right rich thanks for coming on All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, Mr. Rich Giordano from GUFON. Very interesting conversation tonight. You know, ufology is a very strange thing to get into. Um, There's all types of different people that are involved, different belief systems. You name it, it's out there. So I guess the only thing I could recommend is that you search for your own truth and look for yourself, do your own research, but don't buy into any one thing. Keep your options open. And as Rich said, why would not you not want to know the truth about some of these things? There are people out there that hoax just for the attention. So I would say just be careful. Keep your mind open and don't subscribe to any one thing. Do your own research. Find out what is going on. Do you have a lot of information on some of these videos to be able to come to a conclusion? If not, don't buy into it. Just move on. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap this up tonight. So we once again want to thank Rich Giordano for joining us from Goofon. It was a great conversation. We'll have them back on some point in the near future. And we just want everybody to have a good night. And remember, keep your eyes to that sky.
1: You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO sightings and paranormal encounters. So until next time.